and it's lights out, and away we go. Vettel and Hamilton both get away well, and Kimi Raikkonen too, pressurising Danny Ricciardo in the turn one as Vettel leads Hamilton, leads Bottas, Ricciardo for Stappen running wide, Raikkonen then just behind him, and he might have a look in the turn two. It's Raikkonen and Ocon in their collision. Ocon is out of the race. Kimi Raikkonen into Esteban Ocon down at turn three. He's alongside Verstappen. Is he going to make the move stick this time around? He locks up, but he does make the corner. That's a super move once more from Daniel Ricciardo there. And this time he's got it done early enough so that Verstappen can't fight him back going into turn two. But he's going to try and dive down. And the inside, they have crashed. They've gone into each other. Daniel Ricciardo, late breaking, couldn't stop in time. Max Verstappen was right in front of him. And the two Red Bulls who have been touching and barging and banging all afternoon have had one bang too many. How can he be ahead of us? He was in front for 12 seconds and he had the gap to pit for the safety car. Oh, and there's a puncture for Valtteri Bottas. He ran across some debris. He ran across debris that Hamil was on the track. Hamilton takes the lead. Bottas in the lead has now got a puncture. Lewis Hamilton is going to take the championship lead here in Azerbaijan on this Sunday evening. He takes the checker flag now to win in Baku. It is Hamilton ahead of Raikkonen, ahead of Sergio Perez, who picks up what at one stage was a very unlikely podium. You're listening to the Q3 Podcast. G'day everybody and welcome to another edition of the Q3 Podcast, proudly presented by Sin. I'm your host, Ben Pascuzzi, and I'm joined by, as always, James Worth. Hello. James, how are we? I'm good, mate, yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty disappointed, though. It's another weekend of no F1, but no need to worry. We have the Baku Grand Prix coming up, and that is what today's show is going to be about. We'll be previewing this weekend's upcoming Baku Grand Prix, which has been, let's let's say, it's been one of the most exciting Grand Prix of the last couple of years since its inception. But before we get into the preview of this weekend's Baku Grand Prix, let's take a step back and let's get into some of the talking points from the past Chinese Grand Prix. <laughs> Alrighty, so of course Mercedes got their third 1-2 finish in succession to start the season. James, the question that we put to you is, will Mercedes dominate for the fourth time in a row? I'm not too sure about this one because Baku's a different uh, Grand Prix. It's uh, a lot harder, it's a lot more technical. Uh, it is one of, I'd say, equal with Monaco's hardest tracks. Um, slow, solely because uh, you know of, of the castle section and the... Uh, Really sharp right-handers and left-handers that come out of straights. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a bit of an upset, a bit of a, uh, you know, our man Charles Leclerc take a win. We wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if, I don't know, we'd see a Force India on the podium, even. With, uh, Who's with, Force India, with sorry? With Jacko. Racing Point. Racing Point. Oh, I get it always mixed up. Racing Mate, Point. It's Racing Point from now on. Wouldn't um, be surprised if I saw um, Checo up on the podium. So you genuinely being serious that you reckon a racing point car will get onto the podium? No, I'm I'm not like being like I'm not saying it will happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, okay, because, fair enough. So I mean, he was on the podium uh, last year hmm. and the year before. So he's ever well the last two Baku he's been on podium. All right. So who who's going to be the one that challenges Mercedes the most? I think it will certainly be uh, the Ferrari car. Uh, probably the likes of Charles Leclerc because 
if we do go back to Baku last year, uh, he did have a good finish. Uh, I think that was the first time he stepped out of the pack and, you know, asserted his dominance in the Salva. Uh, but who knows? We could see Red Bull up there. We could see Pierre Gasly get a better result. Who knows? I mean, it's still, it's only round four um, coming up. So, you know, we're still yet to see what's going on. Round four. It is. It is round four. It is round four. Interesting way to put it. Um, yeah, look, the the car that's going to be the most likely to challenge Mercedes, of course, is going to be the Ferrari. Just whether or not they can get that package together right for the Baku Grand Prix. Because it just... With those long straights, I guess Ferrari could pick it up at the end um, with their pace. Because they do have more pace than the Mercedes, it is clear. But again, the Mercedes, their better downforce and, and whatnot should see them again prevail, I think, this weekend anyway. Uh, be good to see Bottas get it. I think Valtteri will win this weekend. It will be a little bit of redemption from last year because, of course, we remember with a few laps remaining, his wheel, his, was it his front right, I think it was. Yeah, I believe so. Went Gonski. So, Gonski. Gonski. So hopefully um, he's able to do it and get a win. I reckon that Fingers will happen. Crossed. All right. Can Leclerc finally claim his first victory in the Ferrari? I'd love to see it. Um I think he, he's he been unlucky in Bahrain, and I think Team Lord has uh, stuffed him over in China. So I think I think it's his time to shine, and because it's such a technical course, I think if he wins, he'll um, he'll show everyone what he's got because it's not easy, um, you know, especially the first two corners, as we've seen in the past uh, in on, on the first couple laps. You know, we've seen cars run into each other and go off into the runoff area. Uh, and, it, and it being a street circuit, it's un, uh, unforgiving. So, you know, so if you make a mistake, you're straight in the wall. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, th- I think he's a good technical driver. I think he's shown that skill um, over Monaco last year as well, being his home Grand Prix, and uh, Baku last year as well. So I think, um, you know, given him getting the right car, he, you know, getting the right um, uh, new parts, if if they're coming through, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure what the um, error packages are like because I remember them saying in Australia that there were error packages coming through for all teams. Uh, so if that came in this week, it'd be very handy for them because, as we all know, downforce is a um, is a pretty big part in these uh, street circuits. Mm-hmm. I think I gave my answer in the previous one. I don't I don't well, <laughs> don't think he'll win this one um, purely because Mercedes will just be too good again this weekend. But again. Zero. Again, I don't think Ferrari are going to make the same mistake that they did last week yep. uh, with team orders. I don't think team orders should come into play, and uh, especially the way that they just mistreated and mishandled that situation, um, costing Leclerc not only a podium spot but a top four finish. If it became if it came down to one of the two Ferraris, they would favour Leclerc, and it would be him to win. Mm. But again, I don't think they'll come into this situation. All right, let's move on to the next point. We'll move into some of the midfield talking points. First up, uh, we've got a little bit of Renault. Now, Nico Hulkenberg says he's sure Daniel Ricciardo will trouble him at Renault once he gets used to that Renault car. How long do we reckon it will take for Daniel Ricciardo to get fully used to and fully acclimatise that Renault car and potentially challenge, not just for the best of the rest position, which is race position number seven, but potentially a top six, top five spot? Uh, I think I think this week will be a good test for him. Uh, you know he likes he likes technical trucks. We've seen him win Monaco twice. Uh, was it? Tw- is one twice? Once. 
should have won twice in 2016. Yeah, so he got robbed of that. Mm. So he's won Monaco once. He knows what he's doing with these street circuits. Baku, again, unforgiving. He's one of those drivers who's a big late breaker. Loves, um, loves to, you know, get those brakes spinning very, very late into corners. And I think if if he can do that this week, it'll get him some, you know, good experience and good confidence leading into next week, we believe it's Spain, the week after. Um, I love Spain. It's one of my favourite tracks, I've got to admit. Uh, and Why is it one of your favourite tracks, James? Is it the track that you get the quickest time in? Or? Yeah, because yeah, I'm so you ra- good. You ranked, are you ranked highest? Out of, out of the race tracks that you race in, no, Azerbaijan. Oh no, that's the next one. Spain. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're at right, Spain. Yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> is out of all the race tracks, which is the one that you rank the highest in for individual times? What in F1 2018, the game? Yeah, sponsored. Please sponsor us, Codemasters. Um, Melbourne. Melbourne. I'm in the top two, uh, 1800 drivers. Has to be. Has to be Melbourne, of course, being Australians ourselves and Melbournians. Um, back but to the Ricardo situation. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this track and then next week at Spain and potentially even Monaco, the one after, I think these three Grand Prix are going to be the ones where we see Daniel Ricciardo. Hopefully, if his uh, Renault holds up with all its text and specs, um, this will be where he acclimatises to his car um, ideally and will, mm-hmm. I guess, hopefully get fully comfortable in that car and be able to challenge Nico Hulkenberg on a regular occurrence. Yep. So, yep. I tend to agree with Nico Hulkenberg there, but I would argue that he's already challenging him anyway. But yeah, okay, yeah, bit interesting from the Hulk man. Uh, next talking point: Hass can Hass pick up some form leading into the harder tracks of the championships this weekend, James? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know having having these week week breaks in between races or two week breaks, so to speak, in between races. Uh, it it gives them time to go back to the uh, factory, you know, develop their car better, um, you know, all 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 the stuff that you need to get right, they can get right in these, you know, break weeks, so to speak. Um, but I think I think next week will be a test for them in Spain, hmm. or well, however weeks, four weeks it is um, to Spain. I think this week they're going to struggle because, you know, with their suspension problems with their wheel problems with their brake problems whatever it is that's troubling them uh, Baku's going to give them absolute help because mm-hmm. I'm going to say it for a third time if you make a mistake you're in the wall your race is over and don't you like that I mean I love it it's I've, great and it's quite ironic that you talk about this about Haas because we remember last year uh, it was under a safety car Roman Grosjean was trying to warm up his tyres and what does he do? <sighs> don't even I'm Goes straight into a wall. Don't even. And, who, and he put the blame on someone. Yeah. Who do you say? Someone hit me. <laughs> the guy something. behind him. Yeah. But when you look at the replay, he's not even near he's him. No, no one is near him. And he, he said the guy behind him, whoever it was, was Perez. I have a feeling it was a racing point car. Or yeah. a four senior car back then. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll check out facts on that later. But if that was... Ocon. <laughs> was it Ocon? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Because I reckon Perez, it was Ocon. Perez was up, Perez was up higher. Well, no, that's Perez and Ocon had that incident, didn't they? They touched. That's right. They in, did. In the, in the on first, the opening lap. On the first lap, yeah. yeah. Might have been knock on. Anyway, he just cracks it because he reckons someone touched him and Grosjean was just warming up his tyres and just goes into a wall. So unlucky, I guess. Very unlucky, but the the way it stands for Haas at the moment this season, so Kevin Magnussen in the driver's standings, he sits in ninth position with eight points. Roman Grosjean is the one driver, I guess, along with one of the contending midfield teams, um, which includes... Um, what's his name Antonio Giovinazzi of Alfa Romeo Racing and 
Even Carl Sainz, but then then again, Carl Sainz, he's had three retirements, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't think he's finished a race. Anyway, he's yet to score a point. Poor again, bloke. Another slow start. Has no need to panic, though. They are six in the driver's standings. They are four points behind Renault, who are on 12 points. So, yeah, it's going to be hard for them, I guess, to find form this weekend. Um, again, on such a hard track, but knowing Haas and the way that they've performed um, in previous races, especially last year, uh, the way that they should have been uh, the best team of the rest, I think they'll do all right this weekend. Yeah. I think they'll get at least one car in the top 10, I'd like to think. It would be Magnussen. Be, if they can get Grosjean, though, into that top 10, both drives into that top 10, look out, though. Yep. Look out. Look out. All right, final question. Um... Will the Baku Grand Prix... Actually not. No. We will do this into our preview of the Baku Grand Prix, which we are going to get into right now. This is your preview of this weekend's Baku Grand Prix. Alrighty, before we get into our five drivers most at stake and our team most at stake as well, it's our way too early predictions for the race. Will the Baku Grand Prix produce another spectacle, James? I mean, if you said no, there's something wrong with you. Because... Again, for the fourth time, I'm saying this. If you make a mistake, you're in the war. Your race is over. That's what's so exciting about it. And that's an immediate safety car. As soon as you crash, because there's well, there's only like two runoff points in the whole track. Not even. Uh, and if there is another runoff track, it's pretty close to where the actual track is. So, you know, if you crash out, safety car changes the whole race. So this is the fourth running of the Baku yeah, Grand right. Prix. Each one has been incredibly exciting. I don't think that... Uh, well, I don't think a wise man would say that this wouldn't be a spectacle. I mean, I mean it's Last year, we saw the two rebels collide. We saw Bottas, unfortunately, blow up his tyre in the lead. Um, and then, of course, the year before that, we saw Daniel Ricciardo get that win where he just absolutely overtook everybody. He did a he overtook three cars yeah. on one on the, yeah on the it was a triple overtake and they went four wide they went four wide they went four wide and he's just sent it down the inside <laughs> send it send it anyway there's um, a um this will this will be a great race I think it'll come down to tire strategy yeah. as it always has I mean of course um, but again I'm gonna say it I've probably said it a couple of times on the podcast yeah bring back refueling. He that's said, a, that's, a, he, that's, that's that's a solution to the way we go. Ben has said it this to me so many times. Bring it's back ridiculous. refueling. Bring back refueling. Do it. Changes the game. Can you imagine, right, if we get like uh, Singapore 2009 Felipe Massa's car, mm. just it doesn't like unlock. Yeah. And I just want it just oh, goes flying and the fuel just goes everywhere, yeah. fire starts. But I just want to have just the refueling because then it just brings the... Um, the unpredictable back end. Let's see how much of a risk these drivers are going to take mm. in terms of using their fuel. Because we see in our own um, our own category down here in Australia, the V8 supercars is always a feature. Uh, the the fuel and many a times has the bath the Bathurst um, one thousand. I was going to say the Bathurst Grand Prix because it sounds like the Baku Grand Prix. Anyway, the Bathurst one thousand, which is one of the most iconic races in the world. Australia's most iconic race by yep. far. Um, time and time again, the leaders will run out of fuel. Yeah, exactly. One of the top drivers will run out of as, fuel as when they saw. try and nurse the car home in those final couple of laps because they are so dry on fuel. So just imagine that coming in. So that that could be another thing I reckon that would make races closer. But again, we can use that talking point for another 
weekend because I can talk about that for ages. Cause yeah. For me, that's a clear solution. But anyway, um, back this weekend will be exciting. And speaking of this weekend, let's get into our five drivers most at stake, James. So I think it's clear. Number one, Roman Grosjean. Definitely, because I think these F2 drivers are eyeing off his seat already, mm. only being one race into their calendar. Uh, well, he's back. He's back to part of the F2 championship. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the facts on that, but I'm. I want to. I want to read this. I'm ninety-five percent sure it would be. Um, but I think you know he does need to put in a good performance because you know if he doesn't and he puts in more, more, more lackluster performances, he'll um he'll lose his seat probably before even the end of the season. Which which we don't want because we like Roman Grosjean. We do. Um, yes, yeah, so the Baku, it is, uh, the Baku City Circuit, yep. is in the F2 Championship. Uh, so, you know, and of course, we we, 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 we both love F2. Because, you know. Anything that's racing, we They love. should bring it to Melbourne, F2. They should. They should, and they should have it pre-race. Imagine that. We have V8s, F2 as well. Oh. Formula E. <laughs> Formula E as well. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. No, no, no. Formula E would be like... Um, in the city, it would be, wouldn't it? Like in the in the on in the, the actual city on the on train the tracks. tracks. All right, uh, next driver most at stake I got here is Carlos Sainz. Yet to score on that McLaren, his teammate. Then again, of course, he's had those retirements, but nevertheless, his teammate is currently sitting in eighth position. Yeah, Norris on eight points for McLaren Renault. Good on him. He is one hundred percent though. Carlos Sainz, a driver who is most at stake at this weekend. Oh. I want to give, I don't want to say, you know, a car who's been performing, but, you know. The, he's still, the, regardless the, if it's retired or not, he needs to perform this weekend. Yeah, of course. If but it's, if it's just so difficult because you've got so many other drivers who are yet to score points or who are having lackluster seasons well, so let's, far. Let's, let's take out the two Williams because they are just diabolical at the moment. What, what's it's really only Grosjean, Giovinazzi. Who are the other ones who haven't scored points? I mean, I sent you a a, um, a, a video from WTF one, yeah. and it was of two garbage bins uh, rolling along the uh, yeah, it's a two rolling Williams. along the streets, and it's just like oh, the two Williams cars yeah, trying to overtake each other. Williams. It's um, true though. But anyway, signs. Look, regardless of his retirement, as I've said, if he can get if his car holds up in one piece and he's able to finish the race, yep. he has to score points. Has to score points, I reckon, and especially a, a, such a prestigious prestigious talent. As he is, um, coming from Renault, doing so well at Renault, and then to come now to McLaren, mm. pressure's on. Pressure's on. I think another driver is at stake. Um, I want to give, I don't want to grill him too much, but Antonio Giovinazzi, solely because he's got his teammate Kimi Raikkonen, who's doing a lot better than him, you know, solely because he's Kimi Raikkonen. But, um, He's, you know, he's had he hasn't had great performances, mm. and if we look at the uh, champion or the last race, he uh, did finish in fifteenth, one lap behind uh, the race okay. winner. Yeah, and I just I don't know I just think he just needs to pick it up. He came eleventh in Bahrain. Uh, he was only one second off uh, Checo, who was in tenth. So you know he he just I don't know I feel like there's he's got more to give with his car uh, because you know you got Kimi Raikkonen finishing. A lot higher than him. Yeah. Um. So you can't blame the car. Cannot. You cannot blame the car. It's just the driving capabilities. Yeah. He's a tall man as well, Giovinazzi. He is very tall. 
I don't know how he fits in that car. Because the regulations are that if you... Uh, they draw like a diagonal line from the cockpit up to the very top of the hood of the car. And if your helmet surpasses any of that, you're too tall. Mm-hmm. So they probably have to cut the um, the very bottom of the chassis. So, you know, on the first couple of years, you're getting a very hot bottom, so to speak. All right, so our three drivers most of take so far. We've got uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, Roman Grosjean, and Carlos Sainz, who, mind you, and quite ironically, are the three drivers who are yet to score the points outside of those Williams drivers. Uh, next I've got here is Valtteri Bottas. Now, this could be an interesting one, but... He dominated most of practice and qualifying last weekend in China. Yep. Finished on pole, and then he had a shocking start. Lewis got the jump on him, and that was it. He did well to finish in second. Didn't really challenge Lewis, though. So I've got him as a driver um, in Momosa State purely because of that that start. Um, in terms of him, this, this this is kind of a shadow of the way his 2018 season went. Sometimes yep. he'd finish on pole and then Lewis would just find a way to win and he'd never, ever challenge him. So yep. Bottas does need to bounce back strongly this weekend and preferably get a win. Yeah, fair enough. Who else do you reckon should be most at stake? One final driver, James. Uh, I don't want to say most at stake, but I think they need a good performance to... I've got one. ...assert their... Uh, uh, kind of like assert like, you know, that they're in this. Hmm. I was I was thinking something else. Oh, okay. Who are you thinking? I was thinking I'm Ale- thinking Pierre. I was, Who you think? thinking, I was thinking Alex Alvin. Mm. He, he's not really. It's but, he's but done well. It's not. Uh, what I said was it's not at stake. Mm. It's he just needs a good result. Oh, well, to, this is that's this at is the stake, segment. Gasly, a hundred percent. Exactly. So that's the segment. Hundred percent. You cannot say that's the segment, James. Fire but, out. Pay attention. I, I, I just like I, I like Alex Alvin because he likes my um, Instagram comments. Cool. Anyway, um, Pierre Gasly, at the moment, he's sitting in six in the driver's standings, only one point ahead of Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, Pierre's on 13 points. He is a whopping 26 points behind Max Verstappen, who is currently in third position for Red Bull Racing Honda. So Pierre is definitely one who is at, is one of the drivers who are at stake. Um, of course, the only reason why he's ahead of Kimi Raikkonen is because he got that extra point with the fastest lap yep. in that Chinese Grand Prix. But again... He has been very disappointing in that Red Bull so far, been consistently the worst driver of those top three teams. But like, what do you expect? He's, he was coming from a tour. It doesn't also. matter. It doesn't matter. He's when you're still in, learning. When you are we saying that about Charles Leclerc? No. Let's, okay, let's put it this way: if Charles Leclerc yep. was finishing sixth position, would we be absolutely ripping into him right now? No, I don't think so. You're kidding, right? He's in a Ferrari. If Charles Leclerc was finishing I, I in sixth position, I think people like Charles Leclerc too much. Do you yeah, have I know, to but you'd still you'd still be saying, "Look, you're in one of the best cars, Charles, and you're finishing in sixth position. You should be a finishing ahead of the Red Bulls and b finishing in the top three. So, mm. for you, a, a t- you, you have a point. You have a valid point. When you when you go into a top three team, the pressure is on. Regardless if you are young, you need to perform. And the way it's going so far for Pierre Gasly, he has not lived up to his talent and not lived up to his potential so far at Rebel. Again, yes, he is young. But as soon as you join a top three team, that expectation goes up, and the, yeah. and it, the pressure, of course, is going to build on you to perform well. So the fact that Max Verstappen is outperforming by this much, just imagine if Daniel Ricciardo was still at the Rebel. Yeah. Where he would be, how he would be challenging, how Max and him would be fighting. Yeah, look, so you, Pierre you have needs a point. to perform. You, you have a point. That's all I'm going to say. Wow, you're just mad. 
Yeah. You're mad because I just destroyed you, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Get done. All Get right. done, son. Team most at stake. Toro Rosso. Why? I think they just they just need good performances. There's you can't you know, you can say all these technical things, you can, you know, delve into history or whatever. They just need good results. You know, they had Alex Albin, um, who's probably my favourite driver, uh, outside Danny Ricardo. But I I just I don't know, there's something about the team that they need they need better placings. They need consistent results, you know, because in the championship, uh, where are they sitting? They're sitting uh, second last on four points. That's all they've scored. Um, you know, and I just, I think they they need to assert their dominance. They need it because they are a, well, are they, are they a Ferrari engine? Are they a Ferrari engine? They're a Honda engine. Ah, uh, that's right. Now, what am I saying? Jeez, I'm dumb. Okay, yeah, so in 13th, you've got... I didn't say it, you did. <laughs> so you've got Alex Alvin in 13th with three points. And then 13. Yeah, 13. <laughs> and then you've got Daniel oh. Kvyat in 15 uh, with one point. So, you know, and they haven't had bad races. Alex Alvin has qualified better. But, you know, of course, with the unforgiving uh, car, they've just dropped back a mile. Mm. Uh, I think... I'd, I'd expect one of them to get at least eighth this this week um, because, I mean, Daniel Kvyat's experience with this track, uh, he's raced with Red Bull on this track, he knows what, you know, what, what this track can do. It's, it's Albon's first race at this track. Doesn't know, well, no, it's not. It's its first race in uh, an F1 car in this track because he did race F2 last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd expect uh, Kvyat to maybe get eighth, maybe, maybe seventh. Who knows? Because you don't know where this track's going to go. You don't know how many finishes we're going to have. For all we know, we could have 13 finishes. Mm-hmm. 13. Um, you just don't know because, you know, the, the track's unforgiving. If you're in the wall, you're out. Cause of the safety car. People pit. That's the fifth time I said it. Yeah. People people can pit. The race can change dramatically. You know, um, you, 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 can a, you can be at a two-stop, right? And one of the top three uh, teams pits. And then you guys stand off for a one stop and you win the race. Like it's, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. And if I see a clean race this week in Baku, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because mm-hmm. that'd be the biggest surprise since um since oh, well well what would you say biggest surprise since Lance Stroll got third yeah, I was in the Grand Prix that. yeah that did pop in my mind. All right, before I mention my team most at stake um for this weekend. Baku Grand Prix. I just want to shout out to two teams who are definitely under pressure, and that is going to be McLaren and Haas. Um, yep. Two of the teams who are rumoured to be, I guess, contending, uh, both sitting on a measly eight points each. Again, yes, it is early, but both ha- haven't really set the world on fire um, so far, and both arguably, and both, actually not even arguably, both definitely should be performing a lot better than what they are at the moment. So those two yep. definitely teams who need a good performance this weekend. But I think it's clear as daylight who the next or who the mo- the team most at stake is this weekend, and that is Ferrari again. I mean, I'm, we're going to say it until they actually perform. But for a team who dominates preseason testing, dominates, I guess qualifying, and has is the car that's clearly got the most pace. Their strategy just lets them down week in, week out, and on a track as unforgiving as the Baku Grand Prix. Um, 
time will tell. They are almost, um, oh, sorry, Mercedes are almost more than double uh, clear of Ferrari at the moment. Mercedes sit 130 in the constructors' standings. Ferrari on 73. So this weekend, Mercedes do get another 1-2. You suspect that Mercedes would be more than double ahead yep. of Ferrari. And for them to be behind uh, Mercedes this early in the season, it's be greater than what it was last year. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It feels like Ferrari are... I guess, competing more with Mercedes this year. It does yeah, feel like that. Of course. But when you look at the results, Mercedes have had one, two finishes in all three Grand Prix when arguably Ferrari should have had at least one of those finish, one of those, uh, one of their drivers finish in the top two. Mm. So again, pressure mounting on the prancing horse. 100%. I like that. Pressure mounting on the prancing horse. Anyway, on that note, we are going to get into our way too early predictions for the Baku Grand Prix. <laughs> way too early. So I've already said mine. I think Valtteri Bottas will win the Baku Grand Prix, and I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton will finish in second. I'm saying, well, you know, I'm going to say every week until he wins. Charles Leclerc is going to win this race. Who's second? Uh, I'll go. I'll go Charles Leclerc third on mine. I'm going to go Verstappen second. There, Maxi. Okay, and third, Checo Perez. Three in a row. Wow, wait. So you're not even going a Mercedes drive in the top three. They're going to crash out first lap. Whoa. Yep. Big call. They're gonna okay. Get, they're going to get too big for their britches, and they're going to do a um a, a, a Red a, Bull of a Verstappen and just brake check him and just go bang into him. For anyone saying that that uh, Ricardo Verstappen incident wasn't Verstappen's fault, please leave. It was because he brake checked him. It was clear him. as day. He brake checked him, and you know what? If if you want, if you're going to tell us anything, and else, he moves under braking, he correct? Moved, he moves under braking. He moved one way, correct? Fair enough. Ricardo goes the other, and then Verstappen's like, no, 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 you're not going past me. <laughs> no, no, goes, no, 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 no. He moves left <laughs> while on the braking. How the hell is Ricardo supposed to get out of that? So like, I'm if, not happy. If you that. think that Ricardo was at fault there, um, don't please bother leave. talking to us because we just won't change our opinions. Exactly, we are not biased at all by the opinion that we. This is the Daniel Ricardo edition of the Q3 podcast. Yeah. Anyway. That wraps up uh, this weekend's edition of the Q3 podcast, which has been the preview for this weekend's upcoming Baku Grand Prix. James, it has been a pleasure. As always, Ben. Thanks for having me. And until next week, we'll see you at the front of the grid.